So you want to cut back on sugar, right? And start finding and searching for products that advertise sugar-free. So then your problem solved, right? Now you're eating healthy because whatever you're purchasing is labeled sugar-free. Wrong. 95% of products advertised sugar-free will in fact have added alternative and artificial sweeteners in order to add back in the flavor and sweet taste that the food industry knows you love. So now the question really becomes, are artificial sweeteners or alternative sweeteners healthier than sugar? Should we be worried about these substances or do we have the green light to go ahead and consume as much as we want? That is what we are going to be diving into in today's episode. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Beyond Sugar Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Dame, holistic nutrition coach and speaker. Together, we'll be diving into much more than just another conversation around sugar addiction and nutrition. But more importantly, I'll be guiding you through the inner work and spiritual healing that lies at the root of your unhealthy habits with food. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode here on the Beyond Sugar Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Dame, sugar freedom expert and somatic embodiment coach. And I am very excited for today's episode because this has been a long time coming. I have honestly had this on my podcast schedule plan for months now to have a deep dive conversation with all of you about alternative and artificial sweeteners. Now, before we dive into all of that, we're going to really get deep in today. I have some really important uh, pieces to this conversation that I want you to feel into and to think about in your own journey and choice to possibly consuming these substances. But before we get into that, quick reminder, of course, if you are new to the show or you've been listening to the show for a while, it would mean the world to me if you could take a minute to leave a five-star review here on Apple or Spotify scroll down to the bottom of the show, click leave or write a review and leave me your thoughts, share, you know, how this podcast has impacted you. And it helps me in turn continue bringing you more episodes and more incredible guests that I do in fact have lined up for you for the next few months by helping me reach more people. So thank you, thank you, thank you for those who have already done that and for taking a minute right now to maybe pause this episode, go leave a review and then come back. The other thing that I want to make sure you do not miss out on before we dive into today's episode is the fact that I have for the first time ever opened up extra, extra early bird registration for my signature once a year break free from sugar live group program that I host in the beginning of every year. And it's a once a year program that I host. It is by far the most impactful, powerful program that combines the detox from sugar, the deep inner work undercovering and healing the root causes that are keeping you hooked on sugar year after year so that you can come out the other end of those 10 weeks feeling empowered, feeling free, feeling at peace, and finally having the clarity you need to stop binging on sugar. It's an all-encompassing, all-inclusive program that is ultimately everything I do with my private clients over six months jammed into an amazing 10 weeks that we 
dive in deep together in community. So if you are done, just done with the sugar roller coaster and ready to finally create lasting change and a lasting solution, you have to start from the inside out. And that is exactly what we do in the Break Free From Sugar program. So you can come and get your name on the wait list. It is in the show notes below. And as soon as you jump on the wait list, you will get an email from me with a link and details about the amazing discount and incredible bonus for those who do register before December 31st with the extra early bird registration. So take a look for that email once you sign up for the wait list and shoot me any questions if you have any. And I just sincerely hope to see you in the program. It's going to be incredible this year building in a lot of new tools and a lot of, especially around the somatic uh, piece, connecting with our body, processing emotions. We're going to be diving into all of it together. Okay. Enough for the reminders. Thank you for bearing with me for that. Really important that you know what's going on. I don't want you to miss out on a thing. Let's get into today's topic. This is something that I personally am so passionate about and want to talk more about. So if you have ever tried cutting back on sugar, right? I'm willing to bet you're listening to this podcast because you want to reduce your sugar intake or you don't want sugar cravings to control you anymore. So you have probably, if you're like most of my clients, probably known that temptation, right? And that drive to start searching for alternatives. Okay. So I want to cut out sugar. What are the alternatives? What are other things that I can add into my diet or substitute to still be able to live the life that I normally am used to living. So you hit the grocery store, right? Looking for non-sugar foods, looking at products, picking up packages, starting to look and engage yourself in understanding what has sugar in it and what doesn't. And a big part of that process is trusting food manufacturers with their wonderful health claims on the front of a package that says sugar-free, right? And we see that and it's like this golden ray of light, like you have just been saved from all of the problems that you are worried about with your sugar-free journey, right? Oh, thank goodness I can still eat cookies or I can still have sugar-free Red Bull or Coca-Cola because there's no sugar in it. So we have this false sense of excitement, right? And like, oh, it's not gonna be so hard. And then upon further review, perhaps you start to notice that yes, indeed, these products may not have sugar in them, but they do in fact have alternative or artificial sweeteners in them. No problem, right? Cool. It's not sugar, so it can't be bad for me. Wrong. Very, very wrong. Now, before I go any further into what I want to share with all of you today, I do have to throw in a medical disclaimer here. Of course, I am not a researcher. I am not a doctor. I am not someone who has dedicated my life to studying these molecules. And I always, always, always encourage you to do your own research. And when I say research, I do not mean Google and I do not mean WebMD, okay? These are not trusted sources. We have to really be careful when we are trying to research for proper information that is in fact not paid for by Big Egg and the food industry. Most things you will read online will in fact be paid for to promote these products that are in fact dangerous for you. So Quick caveat, we're gonna get into that in a little bit. But first of all, what what are alternative sweeteners? Okay, there's lots of definitions for these, but for the terms of today and what we're gonna talk about, um, I'm using alternative and artificial sweeteners kind of interchangeably, but they're essentially the creation of 
molecules, substances that trigger a sweet taste in our mouth, but don't in fact contain glucose or fructose. When we think of sugar, that is usually a combination of glucose and fructose. Like table sugar is 50-50. And these are molecules, carbohydrate molecules that we commonly know as sugar. And with these alternative sweeteners, what food manufacturers have so wonderfully done is find alternative molecules that are not in fact sugar, but still have a very sweet taste in the mouth. And some of these are actually non-caloric in value. So some don't actually contain calories. Beautiful. Now we can also add calorie-free to the package disclaimer and advertising. So a lot of these are Uh, familiar. You're familiar with these, right? And I want you to also know that some of these, they're all slightly different, okay? But some of them are 100% artificial, aka not of the earth or real food. And some of them do classify as natural, things that had at one point in time come from a plant. So things like monk fruit or stevia would fall into this category. Whereas some artificial ones that are no resemblance to any plant, things like aspartame, sorbitol, sucralose, saccharin, sweet and low. These are some of the most common sweeteners that most Americans and Canadians and just people in the Western world have been flocking to in a way as a tool to avoid sugar. You know, this is a small industry that used to exist just for diabetics, just for people who couldn't handle the actual table sugar, right? That would have such an insulin spike and such a reaction from the actual sugar. Now these other substances, because of the sugar-free movement, have become just blown up. This is a massive, massive billion-dollar industry. The food industry is making money off of creating all of these very sneaky alternative sweeteners. Now, I want you to remember, before I go into sharing some eye-opening pieces with you here, I want you to remember that the food industry, unfortunately, unfortunately, we have to understand that we live in a very politically corrupt world. And the food industry specifically is not at all concerned for your health. Their goal and the companies like Coca-Cola, right? And all of the big ag companies, their goal is to make money. And we just, we really have to let that sink in because gosh, do we want people to care about our health? We want to believe so deeply that the people who are creating our food and the factories, they want us to thrive and they want us to be as healthy as possible and they would never do anything to harm us. And that is just not the truth. We have seen it time and time again, and we know that the sad truth of our industry is we do live in a consumer society. We do live in a world run by profits. And not saying, by the way, I'm not saying there are not great companies out there doing great things, creating actual whole food products, but I'm talking about the bigwigs that create most of the food here. They are in it for profits. And the way they make money is by having you buy more of their products. So I'm sharing this because it's important for you to understand when you're looking at research studies, I'm using air quotes here, when you're looking for information around some certain topics, around are things bad for you or unhealthy or are there um, problems with certain things similar to the the sugar um, 
lobby that existed years ago that covered up how terrible sugar was and blamed fat instead. There's the, we, we know about that, hopefully now, that big hoopla that went on, the lie. And we have to remember to always look through behind when we're reading things and when we're taking in information about, especially online, right? It's really hard these days to decipher what is truth and what is not. But I want you to remember to filter through your own knowing, your own beliefs, your own understanding, and looking through the glasses of who's profiting from this, right? Who's profiting from this study? I mean, we know now that major studies, especially in the food realm, are funded by companies like Coca-Cola to deliver a result that proves their product is not harmful. This is not new information, but it's really important for you to understand that that is the world that we live in. And these companies know that we are onto them about sugar. They know this sugar movement is getting bigger and bigger. The sugar free movement, I should say, is getting bigger and bigger. And they need to adapt in order to keep us coming back for their products. So they know more and more people are looking for sugar free options. So wonderful. They're going to go ahead and invest billions of in dollars in creating alternatives to trick you into staying hooked on the sweet taste and promising these no calories, healthy, heart smart, no sugar health claims that have you continuing to come back for their products. They benefit from you consuming more. That is the only way that they benefit. Now, I know that's like a, a little bit of a dark side tangent, but it's a very important baseline for you to understand how corrupt our food industry is and how access to whole real foods, especially in certain communities, is limited, right? There's a lot of political pieces here at play that come into this conversation as we're talking about motives for even creating alternative sweeteners. So please just keep that in mind as you allow yourself to feel into some of these things that I'm going to share with you. Now, as I mentioned earlier, obviously I'm not a scientist. I haven't spent my life researching all of these different molecules, but I do know that there have been countless, countless stories of injuries, of death, of cancer, of seizures, of ill effects that have been linked to, so correlated, not necessarily causation, right? They haven't proved it yet, right? In a way that we need, but that's still a red flag, right? Just for you to consider. So I want to share with you now seven reasons, seven pieces here that are honestly why I will never put alternative sweeteners in my body. And this is my personal choice. And when I talk about this with my clients and actually in the Break Free From Sugar program, we talk about alternative sweeteners and we go through this all together, is what I want you to know here is, yes, I'm sharing my opinions, I'm sharing my thoughts, I'm sharing what I have learned in my journey in the sugar space over the last seven years and what I know about the food industry and what I know about these, these molecules and the stories I've heard about harm and blood sugar regulation issues and stuff. So I'm sharing this with you from a place of my own personal journey. And I want you to simply take in with an open mind what I'm going to share with you, these seven things that I want to share with you. And as always, I want you to decide for yourself what feels right. 
So here we're bringing in some somatic embodiment. I can't help myself. But this is really important when we're navigating really complex topics in the health field, especially around nutrition, around food, we're always going to be able to find information that makes a case for and a case against. So artificial sweeteners are no different. You're going to find articles that say they're amazing and everybody should be using these instead of sugar. You're going to find articles that say they could kill you, right? So I'm going to share through my lens, you know, some things that I think are really important for you to consider as you navigate a decision for yourself on whether or not you want to include these in your diet and if you want to put these in your body. So I shared boldly that I personally will never put these in my body. Now, that might not be your stance, and that is okay, but I want you to really sit with each of these points and feel into what feels right for you. You know, as you're navigating this journey to break free from sugar, right, to create peace and freedom with food, are these actually helping you? So these are just some pieces I want you to keep in mind as I share some things with you here. So first up, Okay, there are seven major problems that I have with any alternative or artificial sweetener. Number one is that they are not natural. I know I said earlier, some of them are labeled natural, right? You'll find monk fruit and stevia labeled natural. Let's use stevia as an example here. Okay, because this one can be hard for people to wrap their mind around. Obviously, we can see aspartame, we can see saccharin, we can see these, these white powders, we can understand that they were curated under a microscope in a lab out of mixing different molecules together, right? We can understand that those are not natural. They weren't growing on a tree. We didn't pick them and put them in our mouth, right? But things like stevia, people will often argue with me, right? No, it's natural. It's this leaf. It's, a, it's beautiful. It's of nature, right? Look at the package. It has green on it and it says natural. But when we actually look into how they extract stevia to put it on the shelves in your grocery store, it is a massive difference. The plant stevia, if you're growing stevia in your yard and you're using the leaf to sweeten things, probably not a big deal. I mean, it, it might be, I'm going to share some other points with you that might counter, counteract that. But most of us are not buying leaves in the grocery store. We are buying a heavily processed version of that stevia plant. This is how they are able to mass produce and keep the prices low, is by using toxic chemicals to either create an oil or a white powder out of stevia leaves to package up nice and put on the shelves in the grocery store for you to buy and think that you're making a healthy choice for yourself. Please do not be fooled by the word natural. There is zero regulation for this word in our food industry, which drives me crazy. Anybody can use the word natural. Also, arsenic is natural. Fun fact. So natural doesn't mean it should be in your body, right? Lead is natural. I don't want to eat lead, right? So we really have to be careful of these wording tricks that fool us into thinking that we're doing something healthy. So I want you to just remember here that these are chemicals. Alternative sweeteners, the ones that you're buying in the grocery store that are definitely being added to your food products. So any uh, zero sugar drinks or uh, packaged goods that say no sugar on them and have added sweeteners, they are not adding the whole stevia leaf into your Coca-Cola that's sweetened with stevia. Absolutely not. 
It is a heavily processed toxic version that no longer resembles the stevia plant. So that's just the example I'm using. Monk fruit is another one here that I see, right? If you're seeing white powders, it's not a plant. It has been heavily processed, often with toxic chemical, um, you know, extraction methods that they do use to create this like white powder that looks like sugar. So you can feel like you're having something sweet, but trick yourself into thinking you're healthy. Now, this is important to remember when we're talking about, like when we think of our physical bodies, right? We need to acknowledge that we're then choosing to put chemicals in our body. So this is a processed food. This is not a whole real food. This is still processed food. Now, that's up to you if you want to put that into your body, but please do not trick yourself into thinking it's healthy. It is a chemical. Most of them heavily, heavily processed and messed with their molecular structure. And essentially, we're playing guinea pigs. We're the guinea pigs, right? These products have not been around for that long in the grand scheme of humans, right? Maybe the last decade, couple decades, right? We are still learning and and I will also just add this fun 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 fact and caveat. If more people than ever are using alternative sweeteners now, and they're supposed to help us lose weight and suppress appetite and be healthier, how come our health epidemic and obesity epidemic is still on the rise? Food for thought. Okay, so that's point one, is that these are not natural. These are chemicals. Alternative sweeteners, even if they're labeled natural, are heavily processed chemicals that we are putting in our body. And the risk we run with that is we don't know how our body's going to react. We don't know the long-term benefits of the effects on our DNA, on our genes, on, on our um, you know, body's metabolism, on our brain, on our gut health, right? We're kind of just observing that as we go. Number two, the second piece here that I want to just plant a seed for you is also remembering that these products have been purposely created to be more sweet than table sugar. Most of these substances, like let's use stevia again as an example, are two to three times sweeter than table sugar. Now, great, in theory, we're gonna use less, it's gonna solve all the problems, but it's not. What we're doing, and I'm coming to this really deeply from the lens of understanding the root causes of sugar addiction, right? We are continuing to give our taste buds sweet, right? We're continuing to train our taste buds to want and to use sweet tasting things to give us a dopamine hit, which still happens with these sweeteners, and make us feel the same flush of joy that we would feel from table sugar. Now, this is a major problem if we're wanting to break that cycle. Alternative sweeteners do not help us actually break sugar addiction. They do not actually help us break through the habits and the patterns that we've trained our mouth to want sweet and to crave sweet. So they don't actually help stop cravings, which I'm pretty sure all of you listening to this podcast, that's one of your main goals. Is it not to, to cut back on the cravings, to stop those cravings from, from ruling you every day, to need something sweet on after every meal? 
This is really important to understand that this is not a solution to the sugar addiction problem, to your cravings problem, to the dependency that your mouth has on having a sweet taste every day. The third thing here that is really important in combination to this is that most of these, most of these alternative sweeteners have in fact now been shown to actually spike your insulin because they're still sending that sweet taste goes to your brain, sends a signal to your pancreas to start releasing insulin into your bloodstream to uptake the sugar. And the insulin gets in there and there's no sugar floating around in your bloodstream and it is confused. It's like, where's the sugar that we're here to navigate into the cell? It's not there. So that insulin floating around in your blood doesn't just go back home to, and it's like, okay, no one's here. We're gonna go back to the, back to the pancreas and hang out for later. No, instead it's going to trigger you to eat more food, to eat sugar so that the insulin actually has carbohydrate molecules to work with. So it actually is still spiking our insulin levels. At many of these, obviously each reacts very different in the body. So I'm generalizing here, but most of these are now proven and shown to increase insulin. And in that actually increase appetite Therefore, increasing weight gain, because we know when we eat more, we gain more weight. So how is that actually helping us? Right? Our insulin level is still having a blood sugar response. It's now driving us to actually want to eat more food, to give our body the sugar that it thought was there, but it's not there. And it's still causing these blood sugar regulation and metabolism issues, Still, we're still having a spike. We're still having a rush in our body and a reaction to that sweet taste. And then we're eating more and we're gaining weight. You know, I can actually think back to my childhood. I remember my mom has always struggled with her weight her whole life. Uh, well, as long as my whole life anyway, as long as I can remember. And I remember as a child, um, you know, the, the time she switched to diet, uh, diet grapefruit, pop soda things that she used to drink. I remember she used to drink the regular ones and then she switched to the diet ones, right? Which were going to help her lose weight. They were full. I don't know exactly which alternative sweetener they used back in the day. probably aspartame. Um, I don't remember what was in it, but this was the start of this movement and they did nothing for her. She didn't lose weight because she drank only these sodas right? In fact, that actually probably harmed her metabolic health and caused her to be eating more sugar outside of that in order to get that sugar hit that her insulin levels were, were asking for. Another piece here that's really important for you to understand is that as we continue to put sweet foods in our mouth, right, whether it's an alternative sweetener or a real sugar, we continue to conveniently avoid doing any of the deep work and actually breaking free from needing food to get through the day. So this is where my passion comes in, these deeper root reasons why we are using food to cope, to numb out, to avoid emotions, to fill the inner void, to feel worthy and loved, and all the ways that, uh, that we dive into in the Break Free From Sugar program to uncover like these root causes. When you're eating alternative sweeteners or drinking alternative sweeteners, you're not actually doing the work. You're just substituting a different product for something else. You're, you're still in the same pattern. You're still eating because you're bored. You're still eating every time you get stressed. You're still, um, you know, putting food in your mouth at every birthday party. You're still doing the same things. You're just 
eating it a different version of sugar, right? It's still the same avoidance mechanism in the brain. It's still the same nervous system response that's showing up maybe from your trauma, right? From the deeper root root reasons. And if you're focused on all these sugar-free products and drinks and just focusing on those, you get to conveniently avoid having to do the deep work, right? And you're fooling yourself. I'm lovingly sharing this. You're fooling yourself. You are not being healthier. You are continuing the perpetuating the patterns around food that are in fact keeping you imprisoned. The opposite of freedom. And in this, this is also a sneaky way that most have been able to rationalize continuing to eat processed foods, continuing to eat out, continuing to get takeout, continuing to buy freezer meals at the grocery store versus actually having to put in the work to eat real food, to cook for yourself, to know what real food is, to actually learn how to prepare food. So we're, we're lying to ourselves. We're avoiding the real work. Now, the last thing that I will say here, of course, in always do your own research, but I do know there have been multiple cases, multiple studies now proving that there is a major link, not necessarily causation. They haven't been able to prove that yet, okay? But massive links between people who drink and eat a lot of artificial alternative sweeteners being linked to an increase in cancer, heart disease, DNA damage, uh, brain damage, molecular damage, metabolic damage to your metabolism and your metabolic function, and of course your gut health. Again, it makes sense. Coming back to the very first point that I made here is that these are chemicals. They're not actual plants that grew on a farm that we then put in our tea and drank it. Right? There is major processing taking place and we are playing the guinea pigs. So taking all of this into account and understanding, getting really clear on what is your goal here? What is your goal when it comes to healing your relationship with sugar? Getting off the sugar roller coaster. Is it something that you're looking for a Band-Aid approach for? And maybe it is. No judgment here. I want all of you to be able to make your own empowered decision here. But I want to ask you, with what I've just shared, is it worth the risk? Is it worth the possibility that you are doing more damage to your body and your taste buds and your brain by engaging in these heavily processed products? Now, of course, that's up to you. I leave you with these questions, of course. And I will leave that one final note here. Because there is one area that I do acknowledge, even though you can clearly tell I have my opinions about not wanting these in my body, but there is and can be time and a place for these types of substances to serve a purpose. And in my opinion, the only time that these alternative sweeteners can be a part of a helpful transition period and plan to get you off of the sugar, physical sugar roller coaster. Some of these substances may be for a short time, like a couple weeks, part of a transition plan to get you off of a fully sugar loaded diet 
into a no sugar diet. For some women, I've had this show up in my programs before in the Break Free From Sugar program. Actually, this is something that we work on together and each woman gets to create their own plan with, okay, maybe the fear is so strong about giving up sugar that right now I need a, a, a stepping stool, right? I need a stepping stone in between on that path to help me navigate out of maybe some of the physical sensations, right? And then to help me get strong enough before I can transition into the deep inner work. So there may be a period of time where these can serve a purpose to get you off of sugar, right? Maybe your tool that you absolutely need to get through the day is chewing artificial sweetened gum, right? And having that one artificial sweetened Coca-Cola, right? And maybe that is like your stepping stone, but only for a few weeks and only as part of a massive transition plan, which is exactly what we create in the Break Free From Sugar program. So you can have your plan on how you're going to navigate into getting your body clean of processed food, clean from all the toxins and all the junk, including the sugar. So that is one area that I do want to do want to mention. I can see the value and use there for any of you who are um, in that place where giving up sugar is the most terrifying thing in your mind and you need something to kind of wrap your brain around as a, a baby step in the right direction. All right. I would love to hear your thoughts. I've shared a lot of probably controversial topics and beliefs, thoughts, opinions, and as always, please, that final reminder, do your own research, but more important than whatever research you may find on the internet that you actually do not know if it's trusted or not, remember to trust yourself. Remember that any of these decisions that you come up against and these battles in the food industry, right? Should I be vegan? Should I be carnivore? Should I drink milk? Should I not drink milk? What about gluten? All of this is, can get so overwhelming. And it can get so stressful. And I just want to remind you that you have all of these answers within. Right? You know what feels right to you. I shared a few things for you to uh, you know, really digest, hopefully a few topics, a few points to just sit with and digest. And make a decision for yourself, not based off of what Google tells you or what WebMD tells you or even off of what I tell you. But make a decision about this and about everything that you put in your body based off of what your body tells you. What does your body tell you, right? Whether it's your intuition right now as you're listening to me talk or after having some of these products or substances. How does your body react? How's your digestion? How's your energy? How's your sleep, right? Noticing, how's your hormones, right? Noticing, what, is your, what feedback is your body giving you about putting certain things in your body? This is where we need to do the deep inner work to reconnect back with our true selves and to learn how to listen to the messages and the wisdom of our body because we have all of the answers within. So I want to leave you with that final reminder because this can be confusing. It can be complicated. Everybody's going to have a different opinion, right? But your opinion is the only one that matters to you. And you have every right to make that decision for you. I will not judge you and people who do should not be in your life. And so if you choose to own it and love alternative sweeteners, then power to you. But I want you to really honestly take the time to feel into that for yourself 
and to really deeply reflect on your goals and why you're using them. And if that is in alignment with what you want and your goals, then fantastic. Go for it. Go for it. For me, it's not. And I know for most of my clients, they're around the same, same understanding of this is not actually helping me get off of sugar. It's not actually helping my body. So take that all in. And then come and share your thoughts with me. I would love to keep this conversation going. You can reach out to me, send me a DM on Instagram or on Facebook. Would love, love, love to hear from you about this. I know that this is a hot topic. You can, of course, always watch these podcast videos over on my YouTube channel. I'll make sure all those links are below in the show notes. And of course, one final exciting reminder. I know I've mentioned the Break Free From Sugar program a few times. The extra, extra early bird Registration is officially open from now until December 31st, where you are going to get a $500 discount on the program, as well as a $1,000 course as a bonus. So a couple little sneak peeks. You'll get more information once you enter your name and email on the wait list. You'll get an email from me that shares all the details about how to get in the loop on the early, early registration. You can find that link, of course, to get on the wait list below in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you everyone for tuning into another episode. I hope you really loved this one. I'm excited to hear your feedback and I will see you same time, same place next week. Bye everyone. Thank you for tuning into another episode. If you're loving what we talked about today, please remember to subscribe, leave a review and share this episode with someone you love. And if you're ready to dive deeper into discovering your root causes and patterns that are keeping you hooked on sugar, be sure to check out our brand new free workshop series that will help you kick emotional eating for good. Find the link to download this free series and other amazing resources in the show notes below.